What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the question and answer podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. You can ask me anything and everything about our Catholic faith, from morality to spirituality, whether it's a question about everyday life or what we believe as Catholics, I'm here to help you find answers. If you're a first time listener, be sure to follow the podcast. You can also hit me up with your own questions and comments at www.ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. Spell out A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. We are back. It's a new season and I'm excited to be here with you. And so I just want to jump straight into a glory story so we can catch up on life. It's been a hot three months and we got a lot to catch up on. So my glory story is this. So I have uh, I begun a new assignment. I'm still the director of vocations for the Diocese of Baton Rouge, but I'm also now pastor of Sacred Heart of Jesus Catholic Church and school in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. I am super excited to be here. I was ordained here at Sacred Heart um, eight years ago. And so now I'm the pastor of this amazing church and this amazing school where, where my sister uh, was buried last year. And so there's just a, I have a, a very close connection to this parish, but I, I'm also still fortunate to be able to accompany our young men um, who are discerning a call to the priesthood. And recently we had a, a retreat for uh, the, the two new guys that we accepted to our seminary and the other guys who are returning to seminary formation, who are preparing to go back to seminary. They had a, a break over the summer where they were ministering all over really the world. Some of our guys were in, in Mexico uh, with the Spanish immersion. Some of our guys were in Omaha, Nebraska at the Institute of Priestly Formation, just falling in love with Jesus Christ and growing in their interior lives. Some of the guys were here. Here in Baton Rouge, in the diocese, working in parishes, uh, doing some summer assignments in campus ministry, and then others who are, are ordained uh, are still actually in the diocese serving their, their local parishes as well. And some of the guys are just brand new. But uh, we all got together and we were able to hang out in St. Francisville, Louisiana, which is just absolutely beautiful. And uh, we fished and I caught fish, which for me is, is a rare thing because uh, I'm not... I'm not too good at fishing. I mean, I go fishing and then like nothing happens. But this time I caught some fish. It's kind of fun. And we prayed together. We did holy hours and we spent time before the Blessed Sacrament and we read scripture. And then we allowed the word of God to, to facilitate our conversations, which was just really cool to trust in the spirit, to, to guide our dialogue with each other about what the Holy Spirit is inviting us to do in this generation regarding the church and, and our state of life vocations. And, and we just shared heart and fellowship and prayed and worshiped and it was beautiful. But one of the guys, one of the seminarians, he says something so profound. And what he shared is actually gonna be my glory story because it's one of those things that whenever he shared it, it has just resonated with me. And, and this has happened a few times in my life, just being with seminarians, um, these, these young men who are on fire for Jesus, who are zealous for the Lord, who are rooted in in this relationship, sometimes they say things that just really rock me. One time a seminarian up north 
who is in the propedeutic program um, with St. Paul Seminary, uh, we prayed Lexio Divina together, and we prayed with the story of Peter walking on water. And in his prayer, the insight that he had, it has just stuck with me since. I'm going to share it with you real quick, and then I'll share with you the glory story from my seminary and from my diocese. But he said, as he was praying with Peter walking on water, he said, like, obviously, Peter never walked on water before. And so the image he had in prayer was of like Peter taking baby steps, kind of like how a mom or a dad would watch their, their toddler take his or her first steps. And the baby knows it's going to fall. Well, the parent knows the baby's going to fall. And the parent is just excited that the baby's walking, doing something it has never done before. And so typically the parent has like their hands out like, I know you're going to fall and I'm here to catch you. And the baby falls and the baby might cry, but the parent is there to pick them up immediately once the baby cries. And likewise, the seminary had this image of Peter like walking like a baby on water, like taking like baby steps. And Jesus, as like a father, was just so proud of his son. And he also had his hands up the whole time because he knew, he knew not if, but when Peter was going to fall. And so when Peter fell, he's like, Peter, like, did you not have faith that I was going to catch you? Like, I knew you were going to fall. Like, this is your first time walking. I didn't expect you to be able to walk without falling. I got you. Oh, what a beautiful, powerful image. Anyways, so that has always stuck with me. And that's how God is with us, right? He knows we're going to fall and he's there to catch us and pick us back up. But my seminarian uh, shared this beautiful insight. And he said, as he has been just like relating his heart to the Lord, um, he's been captivated by God. Like He's really been captivated by the love of God. And it's similar to like when we're captivated by someone that we're crushing on in high school or in college or in our workplace environment, right? Whenever we're captivated by somebody, when we start to have a crush on somebody, when we start to like them, we all know what it's like. We find out what they're into and all of a sudden we're into it. Like, oh, you love that TV show? So do I. Now, I've never seen that TV show, but I'm about to watch it. I'm about to binge watch that TV show. That way I could be able to talk to you about that TV show whenever we hang out with each other because I'm into what you're into. Oh, you like football? Guess what? I'm, I'm the biggest football fan in the world now. I'm about to go watch some plays and learn how to play the game of football. I'm about to get some tickets so that way we can go and sit with each other at the football game, right? When we're captivated by somebody, we typically um, become interested in that which they also are interested in as well. And, and so he said, that's how I am with God now. And when he said that, I was like, whoa, I've, I've been sitting with it in my time before the blessed sacrament. Like, yeah, I'm captivated by God. And I've been, I mean, I fell in love with God uh, when I was a teenager, but I'm still captivated by God. And, and over the years, I've become aware of what God is into and what God is into, I, I'm into, right? Like, like God, Jesus Christ is in a prayer. He prayed all the time. He prayed in the morning and he prayed in the afternoon and he prayed in the evening and he prayed at night and he even prayed all throughout the night at times. And, and I love to go on retreats. I love to get away and to go and be with the father and just pray. Why? Because cause the person who I'm in love with loved to do that. And I, I'm into what Jesus Christ is into. Jesus, he devoured scriptures and he read the word of God and he proclaimed the word of God. And so, yeah, I devour the word of God too. And I proclaim the word of God, and particularly when I'm tempted by Satan. I do what Jesus did. Why? Because that's what he did. And I'm into what he's into. Jesus Christ loved the poor. He was so captivated by the poorest of the poor. And, and, and all throughout the Bible, that's who he prioritized. I mean, he loved everybody. And he spent time with rich people too. Like he, he spent time with Jairus, but he was captivated by the poor. He was drawn to the poor. He immersed himself in the lives of those who were poor and destitute and disenfranchised and suffering and sick and wounded. And yeah, I'm, I'm like, yeah, that's why I love the poor because Jesus did. Uh, yeah, I'm just captivated. And, I, and when, the, when our seminarian said that, I said, man, like, wow, you just like really spoke a word to me that I'm going to sit with for a while. And I'm also 
like inspired to 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 want to know more about what Jesus Christ is into. Like Jesus, like share more of your heart with me, share more of your mind with me, because yeah, I just want to be into everything you're into. And I, and I feel like it helps us with our conversations whenever we, we pray in the morning and we, we spend our time together, our alone time. It just helps to facilitate our dialogue because, uh, yeah. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. But yeah, mm, it's like that Padre, Pedro Rupe quote, right? Fall in love, stay in love, and love decides everything, everything. So yeah, that's uh, that's that. Uh, I, that's the glory story. Anyways, I'm just in a great place. I'm in a... I have a great team of disciples I'm working with here at Sacred Heart of Jesus. We have a great school. If you want to come here, let me know. Hit me up. Uh, it's a great Catholic school. We have nuns in our Catholic school. Uh, so I'm super excited about that. Uh, and we are just, it's just beautiful. It's awesome. I'm so grateful right now. Great place. Great place. Great space. And I'm I'm happy to be back. Uh, it's our, our first time back since the break. So it's good to be back. And now that we're back, Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Let's go ahead and jump into our question for today's show. All right, our question for today's show comes in from Heather. Heather writes this, how do the saints in heaven hear us? Hello, Father Josh. I love your podcast. And I have a question that I don't know who to ask. Maybe you can help. I, like I said, maybe you can help because the reality is, is I might be able to help you out. I might not. I ain't perfect. I am not infallible. Therefore, my advice that I give to you might not be good for you. If it's not rejected, whatever it is that I say that does not help you to grow in holiness, throw it out. I am not perfect. All right. So, Heather said, I believe Catholic theology says that we will get our bodies back in heaven. Eventually, we will, yes. Uh, right now, those members of the body of Christ uh, who are in the beatific vision ain't got no body, right? They are souls, and they are waiting for the, the second coming of our Lord so they could be reunited, and it feels so good with the bodies. And if you're in hell, you will also be reunited, and it will burn so bad, burn so bad. Let it burn, you gon' learn. All right, so this really made me think when I heard a new-to-me Protestant argument against praying to saints. How can the saints possibly hear us? Does God make them telepathic? I thought that that was a really good point, and I wondered if someone has already addressed this seeming contradiction. Heather. Heather, that is a great question. So, to respond to your question, I want to respond to it from, yeah, from the perspective of sacred scripture, um, from the Summa Theologica, and from the witness of the saints who have preceded us in our walk toward eternity. We're going to start with that which is the highest good, the Bible, the word of God, the sacred scriptures. Why are we starting with the Bible? Because the Bible is the voice of God. Anytime we read scripture, we are reading the voice of God anytime we hear scripture proclaimed at mass or in a Bible study or in our living room at home. We are listening to the voice of God. So no one can ever say who has the ability to hear. No one can ever say, I haven't heard the word of God, the voice of God, if they've ever been to mass. You've heard the first reading or the second reading, the responsorial song of the gospel being proclaimed or being sung. You've heard God speak, Right. It might not have been attractive. The person speaking may not have had the best voice, but nonetheless, 
when the word of God is proclaimed, God's voice is proclaimed. That's God speaking to us. So what does God have to say to us about this question? First, let's listen to God teach us something about the saints. Um, and then from the saints, we will address what they can and cannot do as members of the body of Jesus Christ. So let's go to the gospel. There are four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, only four. I always recommend that when we pray, we always start with the gospels, especially if you're new to Christianity, if you're new to Catholicism, begin with the gospels. Why the gospels? Because the gospels are the life of Christ, Jesus. And so the gospel of John, which happens to be my favorite, uh, says this. Jesus says this in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 5. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I love that. Apart from me, you could do Nothing, not some things, not one thing. You can do nothing, nothing at all. Later in the Bible, in the book of Romans, which was inspired by the Holy Spirit, the sacred author wrote this. So let's listen to God communicate to us through Romans chapter 8, verses 38 through 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate, separate what we got to do, separate. I'm talking about me and you, separate something, something, something. That was the oldest song by Avant featuring Kelly Rowland from like the early 2000s. Separate. Separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So based on God's word, if we, you and I, are connected to God, the Father, God, the Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, God, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter on earth, if we abide in an intimate relationship with God on earth as a branch is connected to a vine, then even after we die, and most of us are probably going to die, right, we will still be connected to God in eternity as a branch is connected to the vine. An example of this in the Bible is Moses and Elijah. Moses died in the first five books of the Bible, right? Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, uh, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, right? And so there's these five books in the Bible. And by the time the fifth book is written, he's dead, right? Now, Moses also wrote the first five books of the Bible. He was inspired. I wonder how that felt for him to like write about his own death. Like, and then Moses died and he didn't make it to the promised land. I'd be like, what? Hold up, bro. I didn't make it? Like, really, God? <laughs> I went through all this and I'm not going to get to the promised land. But uh, nonetheless, we believe that he wrote the first five books of the Bible and, and he died there. He's dead. But in the gospel, whenever Jesus took Peter and James and John to the top of Mount Tabar with him for the uh, experience of the transfiguration, Moses and Elijah, who was also taken up into heaven and kings, they appeared together with Jesus and they were having a whole conversation with Jesus. They were talking to Jesus. They were having a dialogue with God. They were still in relationship with God. 
Like they were finally able to, to, to see how he looked, right? In, in, through the incarnation. Because remember, before the incarnation, they, they didn't know what he looked like. But they were like, wow, I, I can see the fulfillment. Like Moses like, man, I didn't make it to the promised land, but here I am. I'm with you, God. I am face to face with you. Like before I got your voice with the Ten Commandments, like the burning bush experience. But now I'm like seeing you. I'm with you. This is so amazing. So they are in a relationship with God even after Moses died. See, what God does not say in the Bible is this. God does not say, you will remain in me and I will remain in you until you die. Once you die, I'm done with you. Whenever you die, it's over. We are in a relationship, but whenever death happens, we will depart from each other. I will disconnect you from the body of Christ. I will cut off that branch. You will no longer be connected to my vine. Clearly, that is not a biblical approach. Clearly, the New Testament shows us that the saints are very much alive in a new way and in communication with God, in relationship with Jesus Christ. Again, God says, not even death will separate us, the branches, from God who is divine. In other words, if I, Father Josh Johnson, abide in an intimate and personal relationship with God while I am on earth, then when I die, and there's a good chance I'm going to die at some point, right? Then upon my death, I will continue to abide in an intimate and personal relationship with God, Jesus Christ, in heaven. And in addition to abiding in a relationship with Jesus Christ, I will also be united to the body of Jesus Christ in heaven. Right. Every other member of the body of Jesus Christ from all over the world, from every year of salvation history will also be in heaven and I will be connected to them. And not only would I be connected to them while I am in heaven with them, but any baptized member of the body of Christ on earth who is living in the sacramental life, who's living in a state of grace, I will be connected with you as well. We will be together united as the body of Christ. So we'll be in a relationship with Jesus Christ and the body of Jesus Christ. Why is it important to highlight that we'll also be connected to the whole body of Jesus Christ? Well, because remember, Jesus Christ identifies himself with the whole body of Jesus Christ. Whenever he appeared to St. Paul and he asked the apostles, he appeared to Paul and he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Whenever Paul was persecuting the Christians, he didn't say, why are you persecuting the Christians or the Catholics or the church or my believers or my disciples or my followers or my apostles? He said, me. He identifies himself with us. So the saints are very much alive and in relationship with God in heaven. But the saints are still like, they're, they're not God, right? Uh, we, we're being divinized, right, in heaven, but we're still like, we're not actually like the person, we're not, we're not the Trinity itself. So what does the Summa have to say then? Like, how do the saints then hear us whenever we pray to them? How do, like, and when I say pray to them, I mean ask them. Prayer does not equal worship. Sometimes I think brothers and sisters in Christ hear Catholics pray to saints and they think that we worship saints. The word pray means to ask, right? So how can they hear us when we ask them to reach out with us to God in, in prayer and in intercession? Well, let's then turn to the angelic doctor of the church. Let's call the doctor, St. Thomas Aquinas. What does the doctor have to say about this? Uh, I need a doctor. Give me a doctor. I need a doctor, doctor, to bring me back to life. All right, so St. Thomas Aquinas says this. He would argue that God and only God himself knows the thoughts of the human heart, the core, right? He, he asserts that if others 
know the thoughts of men and women, if other people know the human heart, it is only because God has chosen for whatever reason to reveal those thoughts to the particular members of the body of Christ, whether they're members of the body of Christ on earth or members of the body of Christ in heaven, either by a vision of the word or by other means that God himself chooses. This has happened to me on so many occasions before as a seminarian, as a seminarian, and as a priest. I remember when I first had my conversion at Steubenville South in 2004, after my conversion, I went and met this nun. She's now a very close friend of mine. Her name is Sister Dulce Maria. She's a Mercedarian sister of the Blessed Sacrament. Here in the Diocese of Baton Rouge, and she has the charism of healing. A lot of people all over the world have been um, healed by God through her prayers of intercession. But also, there's been times where she has been known to like read souls. So I remember my mom had a particular powerful encounter with Sister Dulce, and I went to go meet her. And I, I sit down with her. I said, yo, sister, I'm like, I'm, I'm so holy, right? I'm, I'm a teenager and I had this conversion experience at this conference and now I got all my stuff together. And, and she said, oh, really? And she said, well, 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 Papa, she calls God the Father Papa. She said, well, Papa wants us to pray right now. So we held hands to pray. And she said, oh, well, Papa just cho- told me that you, you haven't gone to Mass in the past two weeks. The past two Sundays, you skipped Mass, which was true. Because when I first had my conversion, I didn't realize that God cared about Mass. So I was going to Protestant communities on Sundays. And she said, God told me, Papa told me that when you didn't go to Mass, you made him cry. I said, whoa, I don't ever want to make God cry. Remember, I love God. And so I want to make him happy. So she also told me a number of other things that I'd done uh, and, and why I should probably go to confession. And I did. And it's powerful. But like the Lord chose to reveal that to her because it drew me to a deeper discipleship. It drew me back to worship God at mass. Um, it drew me back to the confessional. It drew me ultimately into the seminary. Another time as a seminarian that happened, I was doing a retreat and the priest, Father Philip, was talking about um, how God knows each and every single one of our names. And I remember just saying in my heart, in my mind, in silence, I said, God, I just wish you would just say my name right now. Like, I just want, I want to hear, hear my name. And as I said that, the priest looked at me and said, God the Father calls you Josh. He didn't do it to nobody else, <laughs> just me. And I was like, oh, wow, that was powerful. And then even as a priest, I, I was at the Encounter Conference uh, the end of the year last year, and a layman, a layperson, Matt Lozano was praying with me. And as he was praying with me, right before the, the conference, um, I was doing mass at Immaculate Conception by Southern University, and my dad came. And if you've ever been to a predominantly black Catholic church, uh, at most predominantly black Catholic churches, at the end of mass, the, the pastor would say, like, if there's any visitors, please stand up so we can welcome you. And, um, and so the pastor at the church said that, and my dad was there visiting. My dad is an African-American Methodist Episcopalian Christian. And my dad's like, hey, I'm Father Josh's dad. And that's my boy. That's my son. That's my son. I'm so proud of him. It was super cool. And um, Matt Lozano was like praying over me. He's like, hey, I just get this image of God the Father looking at you and saying, that's my boy. That's my son. That's my son. Like literally word for word what my dad said. So there's been times in my life where God has done this. Like there are things that only I would know um, that God the Father has chosen to reveal to other members of the body of Christ on earth. They did not know that in and of themselves. They knew that because God chose to reveal that to them. Again, only God knows our hearts and only God knows our minds. Other people, though, other members of the body of Christ on earth and members of the body of Christ in heaven, because remember, they're still connected to Christ. Christ did not say when they died, I'm done with you. Nothing separates us from his love. So because they were in relationship with Christ on earth, they're still in relationship with God in heaven. And God can choose to reveal things to them as well. So when we ask the saints to pray for us, God can choose to let the saints hear those prayers that we are reciting and respond to them by interceding for us with them to him for our good. God knows everything. 
everything about us. And he knows everything, not because he's observed it from a distance or he studied us from afar. He learned these things about us because he read a book about us or from some kind of outside source. He knows it because he's, he's God and it's part of who he is. He knows the intimate details of every single one of our lives. This is not the same for us, members of the body of Christ. We don't know this, but we can know this by way of a vision of the word or by some other means by God that God chooses to communicate them to us. To put it plainly, he'd be knowing some things. No, I mean, he knows everything. And, and we, on the other hand, we will know what God chooses to reveal to us. Whatever God reveals to us, we will know. And so this is how the saints have appeared to people. And this is how the saints have interceded for people uh, throughout their uh, ministry in heaven. Um, it's because God has chosen to allow them to participate in his, his salvific work to draw us to discipleship, to draw us to relationship with him. All of this is at the service of relationship with God. That's what God cares about. And so he he will use the Bible and he will use Bible studies and he will use mission trips and he will use members of the body of Christ on earth and in heaven to draw all of us to a deeper relationship with him. So Heather, hopefully that that was helpful. Now, something new that we're going to add to this show and you're going to hear for the first time today is we are going to end the show with a saint of the week. Before we um, go to our break and talk about the saint for this show, I want to invite you to, to text Ask Father Josh to 33777 if you want to receive the show notes, if you want to receive any updates about the podcast, uh, please be sure to subscribe to our email list by texting Ask Father Josh, A-S-K-F-R-J-O-S-H to 33777. When we get back, we are going to dive into the life of the saint who we are going to grow in relationship with this week. The most important person ever to walk the face of the earth, the source and summit of all things Catholic. But do we really know him? Hi, I'm Dr. Marcellino D'Ambrosio, sometimes known as Dr. Italy. For 30 years, I've taught about Jesus in Catholic university classrooms, on TV, and on radio. And I've been surprised at how Catholics, fascinated with so many of the unique features of the rich Catholic tradition, seem to take for granted the very basis of it all, the person of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Some other Catholic Bible teachers I know have noticed the very same problem. So Jeff Cavins, Dr. Edward Sri, and I decided to collaborate on a groundbreaking study that would focus simply on the life and teaching of Jesus Christ filmed on location in the land where it all happened. Those who take this journey with us will learn amazing new things about the gospel stories they thought they knew so well, about his family, his friends, his enemies, his miracles. But even more importantly, they will come to know Jesus in a new and astonishing way that will make a surprising difference in their everyday lives. This study, Jesus, the Way, the Truth, and the Life, helps you learn with all your senses. The videos filmed on site in the Holy Land will change the way you visualize the gospel stories. The study guide includes gorgeous images, provocative quotes, illuminating maps, and challenging questions. The book that accompanies the study will have you riveted all the way to the end. Order the study pack now at ascensionpress.com forward slash Jesus and get immediate at-home access to the videos and the study guide while the printed components are shipped to you. Again, you can order Jesus the Way, the Truth, and the Life at ascensionpress.com forward slash Jesus. You'll be glad you did. Your life will never be the same.
And welcome back again. You can text Ask Father Josh, A S K F R J O S H, to 33777. If you want to receive show notes, if you want to receive updates about the podcast, um, and that way you can also subscribe to our email list that way. So please do that ASAP and comment and leave your own glory stories on our different podcast formats as well, whether it's iTunes or all the other ones that are out there. That way other people can be edified and find out about the show. All right, the saint for the show today is Saint Mother Teresa of Calcutta. The reason why I I felt called to to bring up Saint Mother Teresa of Calcutta is because she was captivated by Jesus. She fell in love with Jesus Christ as a teenager. And when there's that song by Sammy, the crazy things I do for love. When we fall in love, we will do something crazy and we will go anywhere to be with the love of our life. Like we will literally travel the world to be with the person who we love the most. And the person who she loved the most was Jesus. And so she left her home in Albania and she never saw her family again. And that was hard for her. That was difficult, but she was in love. And so love drew her all the way to to India. And then love drew her from the classroom as a nun to found her own order in the slums of Calcutta with the poorest of the poor. And it was difficult. Prayer wasn't filled with, with insights daily for her. Prayer was very dry. Prayer is very hard, but she showed up every day because she loved Jesus. She was captivated by Jesus. She served the poor every day and she was serving the poor in difficult circumstances. There were many times where she even passed out and she fainted and she had to go to the hospital because the work was so difficult. But she loved the poor so much because she loved Jesus so much and she was captivated by Jesus Christ in the poor. When you fall in love, you will do something crazy to be with the person you love. And so my prayer for, for, for you is that like Mother Teresa of Calcutta, who literally left everything and everyone to be with the one she loved, Jesus Christ, in the Eucharist, in the scriptures, and in the poorest of the poor, I pray that you too will also fall in love with Jesus, that you will be so captivated by him that you will let go of bad habits, that you will let go of bad relationships that aren't good for you, that you will let go of anything and everyone that keeps you from abiding in relationship with Jesus because he is the one who we were created for. There is no person, there is no place, there is no thing that will ever satisfy us. Only Jesus will. And I pray that you will see the way he looks at you and hear the way he speaks to you. Imitate Mother Teresa and go visit him in the Blessed Sacrament. She spent an hour with Jesus Christ every single day in the Eucharist. Imitate Mother Teresa and read scripture. She read scripture every day. Imitate Mother Teresa and recite the rosary. She prayed the rosary every day. Imitate Mother Teresa and invest your life in the poorest of the poor in your community and the geographical boundaries of your land. Find the poor, find the sick, find the suffering, find the lonely, find those who are destitute, find those who are addicted to alcohol and drugs and spend time with them like Mother Teresa did, because she, she loved God. And when we love God, everything changes. Everything changes. I pray that you're captivated. I pray that like Mother Teresa of Calcutta, you'll be captivated. And by you being captivated by the love of God, you will transform your land by his grace, by his power, by his love. St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, we invite you to pray for us. That is it for today's show. I, uh, I hope you stay connected with us. And I just want to, again, say it's good to be back. And don't forget, you can hit me up with your own questions and comments at essentialpress.com slash askfatherjosh. God bless. <laughs>